0: Are you recording now? Branch. 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 out.
1: A podcast from the Royal Botanic Gardens, Sydney. In September 1994, David Noble went abseiling in Wallamai National Park, just north of the Blue Mountains. Little did he know, he would end up discovering one of the world's oldest and rarest tree species, thought to be extinct for at least 60 million years.
0: Now to the botanical equivalent of a pet dinosaur.
1: And we trek to the secret
0: location of a living fossil. This is the botanical fight of the century. When it's more Australian <laughs> than Sydney Harbour Bridge, it just reeks with charisma. I'm hitching a ride to a real life Jurassic Park, the last stand of one of the world's rarest and strangest trees. The Walamai Pine. So he was looking down at the ground like we are now at these branches that are just lying,
1: they were lying on the canyon floor. That's principal research scientist from the Royal Botanic Gardens, Sydney, Dr Cathy Offord, who has been researching the Walamai Pine ever since it was discovered. And he thought that was different, and he looked up
0: and he saw this enormous tree that he didn't recognise. So he, he took samples back to his, um, his boss and the story rolled out from there. The discovery of the Wallamai pine was on the front
1: page of nearly every major newspaper in the world. It captured the world's attention and it was dubbed a living fossil. Nestled in a remote canyon, a tiny pocket of 40 meter tall prehistoric pines that were hundreds if not thousands of years old were growing. And for the last 24 years, Scientists and conservationists such as Dr Kathy Offord have been trying to protect them. Today, Cathy is taking me inside a purpose-built enclosure for the Wollemi Pines that have grown really tall at the Australian Plant Bank in Western Sydney. She came up with a really great name for it too, the Giraffe Cage. Well, it's pretty obvious standing in front of it why it's called a giraffe cage. <laughs> inside the giraffe cage is a small forest of magnificent Wollemi Pines which have grown to eight metres tall which is actually two metres tall than an adult male giraffe.
0: So these are the oldest Wollemi pines in cultivation in the world. They come from the original seeds that we were
1: collected from the wild. And in the wild, there were only about 100 trees growing in that canyon. I find it hard to believe that things are still alive today that
0: essentially haven't changed much for perhaps 100 or 200 million years it's of a lineage of its own and um, so what was surprising to botanists was that it still existed even though it was existing in such a remote location about 150 kilometers northwest of sydney so close to us right under our nose right under the nose of many many botanists who um, have said oh well i went down that area and i've been all over that and i never saw that plant and it's actually surprising because when you see them in the wild they're they're very large, they've got uh, very different looking stature, In they, they look like um, some, nothing else. The first time that I visited the Wallamai Pine in the wild, I came down the gorge. It's quite a difficult um, journey. You have to walk for quite some hours and then ab- abseil down some cliff faces and then um, you come to a point where You can see out over the gorge and you can see the Wollumai Pines emerging above the canopy. And it was quite a
1: magical moment for me. I never thought that I would be able to see them in the wild. After over 20 years, the location of the Wollumai pine site is still a secret, even after it continues to take the world by storm with widespread media coverage and podcasts.
0: When the Wollumai pine was first discovered, it was decided by the team of scientists and and managers that we would have to limit the number of people who visited the site because it's so fragile. We had to control the movement of things like soil on our feet or seeds that might even be in our backpacks. We knew that introducing uh, diseases or competing species may mean the the death of this plant and so uh, we had very strict procedures for... The number of people who could visit at one one time so it's like um, VIP access. Not VIPs, no, it was it was the people who needed to be there. Next, Mark Horstman joins the select group of people lucky enough to see the world's rarest tree growing in the wild. What if the Premier or the Prime Minister or the Queen wanted to see a Wallamai Pine in the Wild? Well, unless they're doing a PhD doctorate in research that it'd have some potential impact on preserving the species. I'm afraid the answer is going to be no. When we visit the Wollemi Pine in the wild, we do all sorts of quite strange activities like washing our boots with uh, methylated spirits, disinfecting all of our equipment between taking samples between the trees, very careful as to where we would walk in the wild, so we had very defined tracks that weren't walking on the roots of the trees. With a plant that's so you know, rare in the wild, it won't take much to tip it into extinction. So now that we've discovered it, we now have a responsibility
1: to look after it. So what are scientists doing to protect this precious pinosaur? We've got some plants over there that we, uh, a few years ago, set fire to. Yeah, I know. Doesn't sound quite right setting fire to a rare plant. However, a bushfire could wipe out the Wollumai pines in the wild. So some are grown here at the garden for crucial fire experiments. We found that a, um, a mild fire, in fact,
0: um, stimulates the growth of wallamite pine. But a, but a very severe fire will kill them. We're painting these trunks with, um, with chemicals that will be absorbed by the plant.
1: Yes, I know how this sounds too, guys. First fire and now chemicals. Uh, we're looking at the moment at how we
0: can use chemical control to um, protect the plants from uh, Phytophthora.
1: Phytophthora is a deadly plant disease that has been causing root rot in several of the pines in the wild. This chemical treatment could be the answer though.
0: Like a flu injection for all in
1: my pine. While researchers such as Cathy have been out in the lab and in the field investigating ways to safeguard the future of the Wollummi pine using science, a strategy of a different kind was rolled out in 2005. As the wild trees battle to survive, there's an unusual plan to save the species by planting them in backyards around the world.
0: A collection of prehistoric pine trees has gone up for auction. Nature lovers finally have a chance today to create their own Jurassic Park. And to find it was a great surprise. But now to make it available to everyone to see the romance of it and the excitement of it and the thrill of it and the perspective that it gives you about life on Earth, uh, well, it's a thrill. The main aim of the commercialisation programme was to relieve the natural populations from pressure that might be put on them from people um, illegally poaching the plants in the wild and also just to satisfy that amazing curiosity that people have for unusual conifer species or species that have the kind
1: of superstar status that um, the Wallamai pine has. Discovering the Wallamai pine was like finding a family of dinosaurs and people all over the world were captivated, including Sir David Attenborough, you just heard before. I gave a tree to my children's school
0: when they were first released commercially and some of the girls at the school used to pray to the Wallamai pine and leave little messages did it, tell it was quite, them it's to quite do it? a. No, it said spiritual. Some, some people find it a, a spiritual type of um, experience of interacting with the Walamai Pine. I've been working with them now for over 20 years. There isn't a day that goes by that I, I'm not doing something that's associated with My Pine. I, I have some correspondents who annually send me their photos of, <laughs> of their plants. There's a, there's a particularly. Lovely Italian doctor who sends me pictures. He's got um, several Walamai pines. He's very, very attached to them and um, he shares his enthusiasm with, with me. And um, so they are
1: now grown all over the world in both private and public gardens. So they were discovered in one tiny little place, one little area of Walamai National Park in New South Wales, and now you can find them in Italy
0: they've gone from the wild to the world.
1: Even though their existence is fragile, let's not forget Wollemiah Pines are tough for having hung on for so long. They've got some pretty cool survival tricks up their bark.
0: One of the really interesting features of of Wollemiah Pine, and it does distinguish it from um, other members of the family, is that it um, is a self coppicing tree. What does that mean? Okay, so that means um, that it can grow extra trunks. What? Yes, it will grow um, in, the, in the wild up to 150 trunks that can emerge sometimes right from the base of the tree and then it forms a, a, a clump. One mega trunk. A mega clump of trunks. We we think that that may be one of the reasons that it survived as long as it has in these quite adverse conditions. It is adapted to growing on the sides of the canyon Mm -hmm. um, and it grows into off-rock fissures. The trunks are often um, damaged by rock falls or wind, so if one trunk falls over, another one can take over. It is curious that we have a tree that, or have a species that shows so little genetic diversity in the wild and yet it still exists it still
1: produces seeds, It hung on. It's really a survivor. And the ability to produce seeds is crucial, and the Wong Pine has an interesting way of doing it because it has both male and female sexual reproductive cones. Yep, it's time to talk about plant sex, guys. The birds and the bees, only the Wong doesn't need birds or bees.
0: Well, let's just say they're very male looking. Yeah, I am just about to say that. <laughs>
1: Dr Cathy Offord is pointing out one of the male cones on one of the giraffe cage wall pines. pints. As she said, it's male looking. So instead of being a normal round cone shape, it's long.
0: September or October this year, the male cones are mature and they uh, release pollen, usually from wind
1: gusts and then the pollen is often transferred to land on the the cone. is referring to the female cone now which is like a round tennis ball size, higher on the tree.
0: Which has its scales open and ready to receive the pollen. It's a bit like birthing elephants, it takes two years from the first appearance of the female cone to when it um, produces seeds. The problem for us is there's so few seeds that are produced in each cone. Some of the cones have no seed, viable seeds produced at all and some have maybe 20 or 30. You have to know uh, what a viable seed looks like and it, um, maybe that's something we can look at in the lab.
1: Now we're leaving the towering giraffe cage my Pines and heading up inside the lab of the Australian Plant Bank. So what we've got here is a Wollemi pine um, cone. It's a female oh, cone.
0: T- yeah, that thing is sh-
1: <laughs> We're rolling. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's Seed Bank curator Graham Errington from episode one, teasing Cathy about her professional obsession with the Wollemi. Uh
0: So what we have here is a Wollemi pine um, cone. It's a female cone and it has around 250 of these little scales. Oh, they're quite beautiful. So they're about oh, a centimetre and a half long by the same wide. They've got a little groove on the top of them, and that's where the seed sits. And this is what I see looks like. And you can see that they're just like they're quite dark brown on the top. That's the oil coming through. That's how we actually know that they're viable, as well as being kind of slightly fatter. So in this particular case, this cone
1: here. Um, has produced 14 viable seeds. 14 out of about 250 might not sound great, but Cathy says it's a pretty good result. There are many ways to test if a seed is any good too. And one of the ways is to perform a nice little drop test to compare a good seed with a bad seed. See if you can hear the difference. I'm doing the bad seed. I'm doing the good seed. Do you need to hear it again? It's pretty tricky. Okay, here's the bad seed. And this is the good seed. Yeah, if you've got good
0: ears, you can can hear that.
1: So where do the good seeds go? Well, some get to grow up into plants in the nursery. But another way scientists and horticulturists grow Wollemi Pines is by taking a cutting from the plant. It's time to check out some tiny ones growing inside the propagation house. Teeny, tiny little baby wallomires are sprouting out and growing inside this warm and humid little hub. They're so cute.
0: This plant doesn't have any roots on it yet. Um, What we're trying to do is to encourage it to grow roots. So we've used um, a chemical that will stimulate root growth and so it will re-establish itself as a plant.
1: As I'm taking a closer look, I notice they have labels with numbers and information on each of them. I can't help but think of this propagation house as like the little room where newborn babies go in the hospital.
0: So what we can see on this label is that the material is from uh, the wild site, site 1, from tree 3,
1: and from stem 8. Everything's trackable, traceable. Everything's trackable. <laughs> you can't hide anymore, wallamies. <laughs> So when these Wollemi babies have established themselves as plants, it's time to head to the nursery. So what we have here is 400
0: seedlings of Wollemi pine, and these will be put into areas that we think
1: will uh, sustain Wollemi pine growth. Putting plants into an area outside of their original or natural habitat is what scientists call ex situ conservation. It literally means off-site conservation, and it's a way to help protect a species from going extinct. So it's new territory? It's new
0: territory, and then we'll be monitoring these for years and years to understand how well they establish. Science never really ends. It's always the more questions you answer, the more questions you come up with. Our history of Wollomoi Pine is only just over 20 years old and I think we could be researching this species alone for many more decades. We use that love of Wollomoi Pine to to get people to understand the plight of threatened species in the wild because there are many other species that are just as rare as this or even rarer but perhaps they just don't have the appeal that this plant has.
1: Thanks for listening to Branch Out. The next episode is the last in our first five-part series. You'll go deep into the heart of the Australian plant bank where over one million seeds are stored in our doomsday seed vault. Entering the vault. It's chilly in here. How cold is it in here? It's minus 20 degrees. Yeah, Yeah. You wouldn't want to stay in here too long. Scientists here are storing seeds in liquid nitrogen, growing bits of plants in jelly, and experimenting with other ways to protect the future of threatened plants and all life that depends on them.
0: We rely on plants for so much. It's our source of food. It's our, so even if we're carnivores, it's the source of the food that feeds the carnivores. Um, it's a source of that, the oxygen that we breathe, it maintains the climate, it um,
1: stops the soil from eroding. They're just important in so many ways. If you want to know more about how world-leading scientists are developing solutions to the world's most critical environmental and biodiversity issues, search for the Royal Botanic Gardens Sydney and follow the links to our science page. You can subscribe to Branch Out on any podcast app and please leave us a rating and a review if you like the show. It helps where people find us. I'm Vanessa Fox, and I produce the show with Miles Martignoni.